let me promise you this, and I'm not saying this because I am in a position of leadership. I'm not saying this because I've planted this church or because of I'm needing sympathy from you. But what I'm telling you is, is that if Satan can attack me and attack the other leaders in the church, he can attack you through that. In the same way, you daddies, you husbands, you men out here, I'm going to tell you right now that as you lead your family and as you step into a leadership spot that you've never stepped into before, Satan is going to come at you with an iron fist. He is going to come hard and he is going to come fast. And if you're not ready for him when he comes, and by, by ready, I don't mean, you know, ninja skills, okay? By ready, I mean submitted and on your face in front of Jesus Christ. Because I'll tell you right now, people say, oh, I'm going to whoop the devil. <laughs> Satan is far more powerful than you. He's got your number. He will walk all over you. He will spit on you, cast you down, beat you up, push you to the side. He will make you look like a joke. Really. The only chance that you have against Satan, demons, and the world is that you are behind the man who has crushed them all already. Jesus is the ninja. Jesus is the eternal Bruce Lee. Amen. And the only way that you stand a chance is to get behind him as he's fighting through life. Satan is going to come after you, and he's coming after me. I would say that you need to be praying for me, not because I'm special, not because I'm important, but because I'm nothing special, and because I'm unimportant, and because I'm a human being who is weak. We need to be lifting each other up. And as Robert talked about relationship, look, and we might deviate from this because we already into this and we're just going to go, okay? I ain't even got a mic. I ain't got a nose. We're just going to go. Amen. Can we just go? <laughs> Jesus Christ. We good? Okay, I'm going to try it one time. Amen. Hello? Praise God. Amen. What was wrong? I'll talk to you later. Okay, okay, here we go, all right. Listen, this church, it is not, and I pray to God, listen, when we started this church, some of what was going on was we knew the tradition had set in in a lot of churches, and let me go ahead and say this, tradition is not all bad. Tradition is not all bad. There are good traditions that have been carried throughout the years. Good tradition, good stances, good doctrinal beliefs, good biblical positions that cannot should not and by me by the grace of God will not be turned away from that tradition is good but there's another type of tradition that gets into the way of those things it gets in the way of progress it gets in the way of the kingdom of God advancing and going forward speaking the language of the people with a biblical message that never changes and so that type of tradition it needs to go but what I told the guys when we first started this church and what God told me and what I continually tell my heart is is that the well will start to develop our own traditions. We will. If you think that the well is special and that it cannot be touched by Satan and it cannot be entered into this traditional mindset that cannot be changed, you're dead wrong. We're already starting our own traditions. As a matter of fact, I was at the fire department the other day and I had my uniform on. 
And jokingly, I said, man, I'm going to preach in this one day. And, a lot, and, and I think it was uh, maybe Robert, but maybe somebody else said, you might run some people off. Now, I said, I'm going to wear a suit one day and blow everybody's mind. And Robert said, you might run some people off. Well, let me tell you something right now. And let me get on us. To think that the only way that you can come to church dressed as casual is just the exact same tradition and the exact same judgment as to say that you cannot come to church unless you've got a suit on. Tradition is tradition. The reason that we say come as you are is that Jesus Christ loves you no matter what you got on. If you want to wear a suit, wear a suit. If you want to wear blue jeans, wear blue jeans. God said, I'm not concerned with the outer appearance of a man, but what's inward in the heart? We have to stay away from that. And you say, why do you say all of that? The reason I say all of that is this, is that this church must, with your help and with my leadership and with their leadership, with you praying for us, for us, with us praying for you, we must continually fight to keep Jesus Christ in the forefront, out front, in sight, so that we can continually defeat and kill our own fleshly desires that always continually crop up in front of us and say, well, you got to do it this way, you got to do it this way, you've always done it this way. Be careful of that tradition. Hey, listen, if there's a tradition out there that we can adopt that would lead us closer to Christ, hey, amen, I'll be traditional. If there is a contemporary movement out there that would help us to get closer to Christ, then I'll lean contemporary. I'm telling you, I don't care about tradition. I don't care about contemporary. I care about Jesus Christ. And that's the only thing I care about. Now, how is God going to tie that back into this sermon? The way he will is this, it's all him, is that bottom line is, can we, is, that, is that fixed? I don't know, is that fixed? Can we go to that next one? I'm not even going to try over there, just disappointment. Honor is the loss, next one. You better be sure, next one. Boom. We do the hard parts of life on purpose. The text, as we continue in that text right there, he says, you better be sure, in so many words, he says, you better be sure. What he says is, do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. Now, I, I don't have time. Some things have happened here. And for whatever reason, God said, uh-uh. I was going to show you a, a few things on church discipline, Matthew um, chapter uh, 18. I was going to show you several things. Uh, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul actually talks to um, part of his congregation, not his leadership, about their sin and how it come into the church. And the reason that I was going there is, is that there will be times when the leadership in your church, when the members in your church, when the partners uh, in particular in this church, when they step outside of what the scripture says. And what we need to, to think about is how do we handle those situations? If I commit a sin, or if Wesley or Mark or Hambone, if those guys commit a sin, how do we handle that? If somebody on the lead team is starting to fall into sin, how do we handle that? How do we go about that? What do we do? And what are the purposes that we have in mind when we do what we do. He says, do not admit a charge against someone unless you have two or three witnesses. The bottom line is this, you better be sure. And when you are sure, you better have a, a, a process and a purpose even in the hard times. And if you'll go and look at those texts, I, I encourage you to go and look at Matthew chapter 18, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. It talks about disciplining those who have stepped out of a relationship or who have sinned against you. Go and look at some of those 
And essentially what it says is, is that you go before them one time. If they won't listen, then you go before them again. If they won't listen, you go before them again. And then you bring them before the church. It's this long, arduous process of, of, of drawing repentance out of them and looking to them to see God, to see his righteousness, to see their sin, to say, I don't want any more of that. I want to step away from that, and I want to come back to the church. I want to come back to Jesus. And so my thinking in that and what God showed me is that we do the hard parts of life on purpose too. You see, we continually think about living life as, I want my life to be peaches and cream. Yes. But as... But as uh, uh, Forrest has said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. You never know what life is going to throw. You never know when that right hook is coming out of nowhere and just bam. And you're sitting stunned thinking, what's going on? And in those hard parts, and I'll tell you, we've talked about this many times, is that the church is built on the back of the martyrs. And your salvation is hung on the cross through the blood of the Son of God. And so when the hard times come, it is not our place to whine and complain and pout about it and say, oh, God, why'd you do this? Why'd you do this? But it is to say, God, why ever you did this, one thing I know for sure, and it is the glory of God and the exaltation of Jesus Christ. You see, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. And when, when someone sins against us, oh, that is the biggest time that we have the biggest pity party. Hey, I'll tell you, I'm not preaching to you alone right now, but to me, I have people sin, I think, against me in the church, and, and I'm trying to lead, and I'm trying to go, and I'm trying to do, and I'm trying to, to line everybody up and to get them going in one direction, and they'll, and they'll steer away from that, and I'm thinking, man, these people don't care, they don't, and I start having this big pity party, and God says, what are you doing in their life, how are you reaching into this sin? How are you reacting to this thing that would bring me glory? You see, what do we want to do when someone sins against us? We want to say, you get out of here. You get out of here right now. You're not worthy to be around me. You hurt me. Shame on you. Shame on you. I'm not talking to you anymore. Well, I'm just going to kick you out. You see, he says, be careful when you admit a charge. You better be sure. You better be sure. And it says when you go to them, listen to what the Word of God says, because it doesn't say, it does say some pretty hard things. Listen to what he says. Do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. As for those who, what, persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all so that the rest may stand in fear. So is it just a quick thing? You know, somebody sins against you and all of a sudden I got them up here on the stage and be like, man, this guy messed up. Everybody look at him right now. Sinner. No, that's not how it goes. But we walk them into a room and we sit down with them in love. That's why relationship is so important. You see, I can't go, I can't go to that man. I can't go to that man. I can't go to any of you and speak truth into your life in a hard spot if you don't know me, trust me, and love me. And if I don't love you, I cannot speak to you. That's why we drive bucket groups. That's why we drive deeper. That's why we drive going and pulling for Landrum at the Landrum Folk County game. <laughs> Sorry, I love you guys from Polk County too. I do. But I do bleed red. Just saying. Just saying. 
we must, we must live the hard places of life on purpose too. You say, we just want to cast them aside. We want to bring them up and say, sinner, sinner, sinner. But what the Word of God says is that we walk with them, we talk with them, we get in relationship with them, and we pull them aside when we've got that relationship. You say, oh, only God can judge me. Only God can judge me. We're down on judging unless we're the ones doing it. But you know what? The Bible does not condemn all judgment. It does not. If you think it does, you're wrong. You think, well, I like to go to the well because no one's going to judge me at the well. I don't know how to put this, but we are serious about serving God at the well. We are. You say, oh, my goodness, what's he about to say? Jesus Christ said, before you can, before you can get the speck out of your brother's eye, you've got to get the what out of yours. Does he say, never remove the speck? Does he? Does he say, never look at your brother to see if he's got a speck in his eye? Does he say that eventually, and there is a way to look at him to see if there's anything out of place and then remove it? He does. There's a righteous judgment. And it comes, and it's bred, and it flows out of love and relationship. And it comes out of a righteous heart that is pressed into Jesus Christ. And what he's saying is, make sure you got your junk together before you go talking in love to your brother or your sister. So it's like, I've got to get this plank out of here. <laughs> now I can see this speck. Now I can see. Now I can see in order to help my brother. Relationships are huge. Relationships are huge. We're going down. The next is everything we do is to drive people to Christ. And, and I had a little question mark there as to what does he mean there by stand in fear? Because that's an odd way to put it. He says, as for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all so that the rest may stand in fear. So the picture is, now this is the word of God, it's not me. The picture is, is that if we have an elder here in the church and he continually gets into sin, he continually persists in, in pornography or greed or whatever it might be, and we go to him in love one-on-one, -on -one, we say, brother, please. I love you. You're destroying everything that God has built up in you. Your family's going to be affected. Your church is going to be affected. Your children are going to be affected. Your life is going to be affected. Please, please, please turn around. And he may say, okay, but he doesn't. And he continues. Then we go to him with another. And we say, look, both of us, we've talked and we agreed. And we're not just talking about you behind your back. But we love you and we're concerned about you. We've shed tears and we've prayed over you. And we're coming to beg you, please reconsider the course that you are taking right now. Please reconsider the glory that you are bringing to Christ. Because right now you're not. And then he continues to do it. And he continues to do it. And he will not repent. Then you bring him before the church and you say, we have been over backwards. We have been Jesus, but he will not accept. Will you please accept? Will you please accept? And there are several. You say, are you serious? There are several places in the scripture where it says, I have, I have, I've already, Paul tells about this man who is in sin. He says, I'm not even there and I've already judged that you've tried everything that you can try. Put that man outside the church so that Satan might attack his flesh and lead him back for the salvation of his soul. 
You see, there is a time and a place for church discipline where it has to be initiated, it has to be brought out to where they are separated from the body of Christ. Why, though? Is this an evil thing? Is this a mean thing? You see, that next point there that I have here says, everything we do is to drive people to Christ. Everything we do is to drive people to Christ. And even the hard times in life, we do those on purpose so that they may be able to see Jesus Christ and they may be able to come back to Him. Because our church, and this is how all this is built, is that the church is to be built on Jesus Christ. It is to be Jesus to a lost world. And as we love Jesus and as we move towards Jesus and as we minister to one another, this is to be a family. And this is a, to be a place where you... You're okay. It's, it's a place where it's okay to not be okay. To, to share all of your fears, all of your worries, all of your struggles and all of your pain and not be looked at and cast aside and pushed under. And so the idea here is, is that if one continually sins, continually sins, continually sins and they are a part of the family, then we say, please, 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 please reconsider or you're going to have to take that sin somewhere else because we can't let it, we can't let it infiltrate the body. And when they are taken out of the church, the idea is that they would see what they have lost, what they would see the relationships that have, have been broken, and that they would desire to come back to Jesus. You see, we take it really serious here at the well. If you thought that we were just playing games and just entertainment and just good music, which we do have good, good music, but we are about ferociously going after Jesus Christ. We are about never denying Him. We are about killing sin and killing flesh and getting after Jesus Christ. I have to do it in my life and you have to do it in your life. And together we will get closer and closer and closer to Jesus until all they can see, all they can see is Jesus Christ. And let me tell you something right now, and this gets me going, is that when they see Jesus in you, they will fall in love with Jesus because he's that good looking. He is. He's smoking hot, baby. You want to be an evangelist? You want to change the world? Let me tell you how you do it. You repent of your sin. You get in your word. You get to driving down the road worshiping. And I'll tell you right now, he took the words right out of my mouth. People look at me like I'm crazy. Especially in that truck, you know. They'll be like, what's wrong? Because I'll be riding down the road. I'll, use, I'll, do, I'll steer with my knee. Praise the Lord. I have my one eye closed too. Last night, as a matter of fact, I was coming home. We uh, ate dinner uh, last night. And I was coming home and I had Ezekiel with me and Asher with me. And Titus with, with Heather. She went on to um, Target to get some more school supplies. And I had just put in iExalte. If you don't got any good, listen, if you got an iPad, iPod, or you listen to music on an iPhone, you go and spend 10 bucks on the Jesus Culture CD. You go and spend 10 bucks on the Hillsong Live. You go and buy these things and have your socks bless slam off. Okay? Because I was, and, and not only did the song bless me last night, and I know it's getting late, not only did the song bless me last night, but I didn't even realize that I was down, you know, and, and me, I don't know if you can hear me over here, but like I'll be singing top of my lungs, crackles and all. <laughs> if I pull up beside somebody red light, they're like, please God, be with this man. But I was just singing at the top of my lungs and it just sounded horrible. But I looked in the rearview mirror and I promise you not, Ezekiel, two and a half years old, had his hands raised and was 
exalted, exalted. And I said, praise God. That blessed my heart. It so blessed my heart. Our lives are to be on purpose and continually driving. You see, we are a, we're a group of believers, and the relationships in here are to be so thick that you would be scared of missing out on this fellowship. I know I would be. Man, you guys are my family now. And if somebody told me I couldn't be a part of your lives anymore, it would scare me to death. We take this serious. We want to love you where you are. We want to, we want to minister to you. Point number two at 10 till 12. <laughs> The Bible says that in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of the elect angels, I charge you to keep these rules without prejudging, doing nothing from partiality. Doing nothing from partiality. I'll tell you another thing that I really appreciate about the well. Another thing that I really appreciate about the well is that and this may just be by necessity, that at the well, you don't have to have status to be important. You don't have to have a lot of money. You don't have to have a lot of uh, influence in the community. And, and I'm not talking about anyone in church, but I just know in any organization that you're in, and sometimes it's legit, is that the ones who have been there the longest get the first shots. And that's fair. We can't knock the churches around that you had to have been there for a long time to have a place in the church of leadership because that's fair. But we need to, that being fair, that being said, we need to look at those people that we put in leadership and we need to make sure the reason that we are empowering them, the reason that we are putting them in a leadership position is because they're close to Jesus, they're dedicated to Jesus, and they're in love with Jesus, and not any other reason, no partiality. You see, a lot of the times decisions are made because I know this person, or I know that person, or I think that this guy has a lot of money, so let's go recruit him to be in the church. Titles are given all the time in order to bring someone to a place of commitment. We're praying against that at the well. We don't want someone to be in leadership because of what they can do for us. We don't want someone to be in leadership because of what they can offer physically, but we want them to be in leadership because God has decided to lead them to the well and empower them at the well. That could, that could be any one of you that God raises up in this place, no matter what your social status is, no matter what your race is, no matter what your... It doesn't matter, no matter what your background is, no matter what your business history is. God says, I am the one who will decide. I am the one. God's presence decides and not partiality. You see, God's timing is the key and not selfish motives. We see that on down when he says, do not be hasty in the laying on of hands, nor take part in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. We must be about God's timing. And we must be living life on purpose. I know we say that all the time, but if you are not staying sharp, and you're not living life on purpose, and continually seeking God, continually in God's Word, and continually drawing people to Jesus Christ, then you're continually doing things out of order. 
whether that be putting someone down or lifting someone up, whether that be changing places for someone or empowering someone. You must be in tune with God so that you can see where He is leading in order to follow Him. We cannot, out of selfish motives, do what God has not commanded us to do. It must be in God's timing. It must be. Honor comes from Him. I, I can, and we've seen this already, because I'll go ahead and tell you, I've made, I've made my mistakes here at the well. I've made my mistakes here. And, and we have made mistakes on how we have done leadership We've made mistakes on how we go about figuring who's going to be where and who's going to be what and, and how do we get information to flow downhill and, and how do we do this, how do we do that. We've made our mistakes. And most of the mistakes, if not all of the mistakes, have been us doing stuff that we thought was right without properly waiting on God to lead us to do what He has commanded us to do. You see, whether it be in your family or whether it be in this church, there is a huge need for us, especially in America, to slow down. To slow down and think about what we are doing and the ways that we are going. You see, so many of us, we just walk through life doing whatever feels good at the time it feels good, whenever it feels good. And you want to live your life like that? That's your choice. But let me tell you something. It'll be hard, it'll be fast, and it'll be short. It'll be hard, it'll be fast, and it'll be short. So you better slow your roll, and you better think about where you're going. And you need to examine your life and to see whether or not you are doing what God has called you to do. Because maybe you are having fun right now, and the Bible says that sin is fun for a season, but in the end it leads to destruction. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but in the end it's death. Jesus Christ is the only way Jesus Christ is the only way to have a life that actually means something. And we're pushing hard that way. We fall, we get back up. And I've seen you take steps in advance. And number three, time will tell. Time will tell. Listen to the scripture. No longer drinking any only water but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments and I believe what he means by that is what? that we need to be spiritually and physically sharp we need to be taking care of ourselves not just spiritually but physically as well so that we will be here to lead and he goes on he says the sins of some men are conspicuous going before them to judgment but the sins of others appear later so also good works are conspicuous and even those that are not, they cannot be hidden. They cannot remain hidden. The bottom line is your sins will tell on you. You see, you may be able to fool me. I may be able to fool you. There may be a way for me to continue for a little while doing what I am doing with a sinful heart and with a false motive. But in the end, it will find you out. And I know that there are some of you in the room right now that your sin is screaming right now. Who knows why God does what He does, when He does it, how He does it. But all I know is, I know what that's like. Because I am a sinner. 
Lord is my sin seem to cry out late at night when everything else is silent how many of you I wonder right now your sin is crying out and your your skin is crawling because your sin is telling on you right now how many of you have fought the urge to look around to see if anyone else can tell that you are squirming in your seat sin is destructive it's evil it's penetrating it's disturbing and it's confusing it distracts us and it tears us apart from God and everything good it destroys relationships and divides if we let sin into our lives no matter the size no matter the the length it will come in and it will start to divide you from everyone and everything around you that you love it comes in like a thief in the night to rob your joy to rob your patience to rob your your love it's devastating how many of you now your sin is crying out don't listen to him don't you listen to him that's not you you're fine do you hear it that's not you you're fine no no you love Jesus no you're a good person did you hear that you think this is a game God's reading your mail you've been lying to yourself lying to everyone else around you putting on a great show and I don't even know who you are but God does God does and your sin is crying out your sin is crying out in the same way that the sin cries out so does the good works and it says though some may be hidden it cannot be hidden forever tree will be known by the fruit that it bears and as we stand to our feet I want to tell you that there is hope for you was I just talking to you please be honest with yourself look at all the people standing I just want you to look around look around seriously look around right now look at everyone around you there's a bunch of sinners in this room there are a bunch of sinners in this room is your sin crying out? Is your sin crying out? Because I want to tell you that there was a point in time where your sin cried out louder than it has ever cried out before. And it was when it was slammed onto the back of Jesus Christ. It was your sin that was yelling, Crucify Him! Crucify Him! Crucify Him! Your sin has been yelling since the beginning of time. Jesus Christ went to the cross hearing the yell of your sin. She's no good. He's no good. He's worthless. There's no way that he could ever be any good. There's no way that he could ever be a leader. Your family's too far gone. You're too much in pain. You're too broken. You're too ugly. You're too in despair. There's nothing. There's no way out. louder than the yell when he said Father forgive them for they know not what they do his good work his 
good work was eternal. Your sin went before him to judgment so that his good work could be revealed in you. You see, you're right. The sin is there. The sin is devastating. But Jesus Christ washes away the sin. Amen? Jesus Christ is the one who went to the cross. It is not your good works that promotes you and gives you the need, the the ability to see God in the end, but it is His good work on the cross. And I'm telling you right now, if your sin is overpowering every other voice, you need to come to Him today. Maybe you're saved. Maybe you've already accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I don't know where you are. Maybe you've never called on His name. But all of us struggle and all of us get blinded, even those of us who have believed in Jesus Christ. Have you taken a step back? Have you allowed the world to overwhelm you and to to deafen you by sin's cry? It's time for you to cry out to Jesus Christ and to hear Him say, it's okay. To hear Him say that, that I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. To hear Him say, I did not come down, though the sins of many were yelling at me. Stop listening to sin and start listening to Christ. How many of you hear him calling today? Louder than your sin. Aren't you tired of being beat down by your sin? Isn't it time to step up? Isn't it time to get involved? Isn't it time to be known? Aren't you tired of hiding behind a fake righteousness? I am. It's your pastor speaking. I've got problems. I've got sins. And sometimes I feel like i got to put on a show. Sometimes my sin yells at me, and today I am going to walk down off of this stage, and I am going to get on my face, and I am going to cry out to my Jesus and ask Him to shut my sins up because they're paid for. It is Paul that says, Oh, death, where is your time to shut sin up. It's in your court. Would you come and cry out to Christ so that he would shut your sin up? Give your life fully to him today. Be saved for the first time today. Let me ask that. Is there anyone in the room, every eye closed and every head bowed, is there anybody in the room today that you've never heard your sin silenced? Would you like to see it today? Would you like to be saved? Today is the day of salvation. Anybody in the room that would like their sins silenced today by the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross? Anyone today? There's one. There's one salvation. Sin, shut up. Any more in the room? Today is the day. Don't be scared. He's here for you today. There's no one looking at you except God. Hear Him today. I'm waiting on you. Is there any others who would give your heart to Christ today and have your sin silenced? There's another. There's another. There's 
Acts 3 anymore. God's saving souls. There's another. Anymore. Sin, shut up. Anymore. There's another. Anymore. Today is the day. Praise God. Join Join the kingdom today. Have your sins silenced anymore. Please, hear the voice of God. Do not listen to your sin. Any others.